Hello friends, how is everyone out there doing today? I hope you're well and of course that you are progressing forward in all of your relationships and that you're being intentional about seeking spiritual guidance and getting deeper understanding of what your relationship with God holds for you. And I also hope that you're learning to love yourself deeper as a result of it and offering a different and deeper love to others around you along the way. So, guess what? It's tea time, y'all. This is the time where we take a little moment to have a sip of tea together and um, share the tea. Just when you saw it going wrong, moving through you all alone, it, it was your blessing. His plan. <laughs> and today I am sipping on a very nice warm cup of jasmine green tea. It is so good. And um, some fun facts about jasmine green tea, uh, according to the tea makers of London, uh, it's made by combining green or white tea leaves with jasmine flower petals mm, and buds. Um, and it offers all the health benefits associated with green tea. And of course, it's naturally low, a low caffeine uh, tea. So there is some caffeine in it, but it's not as much as, you know, a cup of coffee, I believe. It's 75% less caffeine than a cup of coffee. But um, jasmine green tea is higher in antioxidants and vitamin C. It's higher than any other tea out there. It's also noted to give you energy without as much caffeine as a cup of coffee. And um, it can act, actually help you sleep better because you're not taking in as much caffeine as you would with your coffee. Um, but it also helps you relax um, in this combination. Sip, sipping it warm can just soothe and calm your nerves. And upon the inhale of the aroma of the jasmine, it's been known to improve your mood and help relieve stress. And so some studies have also shown that green tea can slow the growth and spread of some types of cancer cells in the body. So that's good. Um, those studies also show that it can also reduce tumor size sometimes. And um, they attribute it to the high levels of antioxidants found in jasmine green tea that help fight cancer-causing free radicals. So that's another good thing about it. But there's many... Um, many more properties of jasmine green tea so do your research and you know you can enjoy it throughout the day you can start the day off with a cup of it and you know get yourself a little boost for your day um, you probably want to avoid drinking it closer to bedtime because it does have that bit of naturally occurring caffeine in it so that can prove to give you make you a little restless but another fun thing i learned today is that if you're low low in iron that you should wait at least an hour after eating it after eating <laughs> don't eat the tea please um don't you can spill the tea but don't eat it um wait at least an hour after eating um to drink the jasmine tea as it can reduce the absorption of the mineral of the iron mineral so there you have it um but go ahead and steep a cup and relax and enjoy enjoy your life um anyhow so today as i sip i've been spending um some tea <laughs> or time uh, with the honorable designation position and call of a mother mother you know um when i think of mother it's like it is the first place that we have, um, that we spend time with someone, 
It's our mother. We all come from a mother. We all come from um, a woman who gave birth to us. And it is our first, very first um, home, if you will. And so when I think of mother, and I know many people have various experiences of mother. But when I think of mother, my only true home eternally responsible comes up for me. My only true home eternally responsible. The first place we take our first breath is inside of our mother. Our first house, our first home as a human is within our mother. And I think the reason eternally responsible presented on this is because it's forever our designation. We're, for, we're forever as mothers. We are forever held to, um, you know, this, this designation. That will never change. Um, you can become married to someone and be unmarried. You can have a boyfriend and not be there, be that boyfriend anymore. You can be friends and not be friends anymore. But mother is is eternal. It's forever. That designation, that responsibility, and it changes. And that's so beautiful. That's one of the beautiful parts of mother. There's so many stages to it. And... Um, the responsibility comes because you have an obligation. You have care. That's your role. That's, that's part of your role is to love and care. I think of nurture. I think of support. I think of heal. I think of um, honor even. Mothers do honor their children. They should. <laughs> But I just think of you have a forever responsibility because you were the first home, the true home for that child. And it's like so beautiful because the women that get the opportunity and choose and want to become mother um, carry this role and carry this this responsibility with such there's so many things we go through as mother there's so many things that we experience from the moment we find out we're pregnant there's so much emotion and there's so much um feeling both tangible and intangible that we experience through our lifetime until we're no longer here on earth mothering, right? So um, I want to take this moment and as we sip our tea, I want to take this time to honor and celebrate mothers because I feel like I've heard so many say, oh, I'm just, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just a mom. You're never just a mom. Without mothers, we would not have any society, <laughs> any community of people. We wouldn't have life. Mothers are very, very important. They sustain and uplift and uphold, they can, our society. Now, I want to First, right off the bat, I want to um, express that I do have a high sensitivity to, number one, women who do not desire to be mothers. I have a sensitivity for you, and um, I celebrate you for your choice and your decision to do what is best, what you feel is best and right for you, because every woman on the planet wasn't designed or called to be a mother. And that's okay. And sometimes society puts pressure on women, especially once we get married or engaged. When are the kids coming? 
and it can be really harmful on, on low doses, but it can be harmful to that woman who feels now pressured to hide or, or want to say, you know, I don't really, that's not really my call. That's not what I feel I'm to do. Uh, I, there's a lot of shame around, um, sometimes around women who just, they're just, they don't want, they're not, it's not their desire. And we have to be accepting of that. And we have to be a little more sensitive when we're saying stuff like that. Maybe we shouldn't say things like that sometimes because you just never know where someone is deep in their heart. So just to be um, sensitive again. And then for the mothers um, who became mothers out of different situations where it wasn't a choice, but it ended up happening out of some sort of trauma, I'm sensitive to you as well, and um, I pray for your heart, and I hope that um, with time that you allow God to show you, and you will see, I hope that with time, for those of you mothers that have had that experience, that became mothers under those circumstances, that with time and um, healing and um, support that you are able to um, be loved through it and find yourself loving yourself even through it. That's got to be really tough. And then for the women who want to become mothers but are barren or they're just not, they've been trying really hard and you're not able to just yet, I also have a sensitivity and a love for you as well. Um, you know, I don't know why things happen the way they do. But um, again, I hope you're supported in your journey. And I hope that you're able to be surrounded by people that love you and are sensitive to your process. And, um, you know, just remember that everybody's not as sensitive and sometimes people say things that um, really can hurt us or dig deep but they don't mean to sometimes people come from a, a malice malicious place but most of the time people are just you know trying to make conversation or speaking from a place that um, in a moment that's uncomfortable to them and instead of just being silent and smiling or offering a hug they say things that um Maybe they shouldn't. So for those of you out there trying to become pregnant and trying to experience the designation, the honor, and the privilege, and the beauty of mother and are having difficulty, I'm praying for you, and I just hope that, again, you find yourself surrounded by love and that God shows you how much he loves you and you can find yourself braving through the process with acceptance for yourself grace for yourself and love for yourself I think that covers those mothers that I, I really want to be sensitive to now as a child whose mother was less than honoring less than responsible um, may have put you in traumatic situations or made you feel less than by uh, feelings of abandonment or um, maybe there was abuse. And so your relationship and association to the word mother is not um, one of warmth and comfort that makes you happy and smile. It makes you cringe. It's one of shame or just brings up traumatic things. It brings up things for you that are, that are not um, what you want to remember or know. Um, my heart is for you, and I just pray that you are able to recognize, because I know how God works, He will send to your life someone that can offer you that nurturing and the love and the support 
and sometimes even the responsibility like a mother should have. So what I mean is he doesn't leave us without. He always will supply another option and another way for us to experience. Maybe not all entirely because there is that bond that, you know, you just can't get anywhere else. But he will send someone that can give you the things that he knows that you need to grow spiritually and to have grace and compassion and to know that you're not alone and that he loves you. We all have a choice and sometimes for various situations, those mothers that perform that way or find themselves in situations where they can't mother in the way that that child needs, it's, it's, it's more than them just rejecting. A lot of times it has to do with the way they were raised. It has a lot to do with the way the experiences that they've seen in their life. And while that is not your responsibility to um, hold or uh, take on, I'm just, just offering you some places of grace that you can have in your heart as you heal so that you can find your way possibly one day to forgiveness, to release yourself of holding on to the possibility that anything else could have been what it, what it wasn't. And I hope that you find yourself in those places and you're surrounded again by people who can help guide you and lead you. Because that is what I've witnessed. That is a very lifelong, difficult journey to navigate, especially for daughters and especially for sons. I can't say that one is greater than the other. Not having a mother, mother you, is the first and the worst, I believe, um, situation you can find yourself in, especially if it's from birth. So, um, again, a sensitivity to all of you that don't have, um, mother's not that, that warmth for you right now, but I ask that you just keep, keep pushing through as best you can. And I know, I believe by faith that God will always bring you exactly what you need and he will fulfill the things that are missing within. And he will use your experience to help encourage, inspire, and empower someone close to you. So, when I think of the honor of mother, and I think that's why I'm so sensitive to people who don't have that experience, um, because it's such a beautiful and high honoring position, designation, responsibility, and call. The mother that loves, the mother that nurtures, the mother that holds with her body and her heart her children, the mother that seeks the best for them, the mother that grows within so that she can be better. The mother that realizes she doesn't know everything. <laughs> I think the first week of motherhood after we've given birth, <laughs> actually the first day probably for me, realize you don't know anything about this little human being in front of you, this little precious thing. Um, but to the mothers that are on that journey of becoming and allow every part, every season, every moment to teach her something that she can grow from, to the mothers that are struggling because you don't understand, you feel like you don't understand what the hell you're doing, <laughs> straight up. You feel like you are in a season where you might have preteens or teenagers, and you're having a difficult time relating or connecting, you feel, oh man, 
disconnected is 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 a good word, but you feel almost um, you hurt because your child is trying to grow into a, an adult and they're saying and doing things that they don't even understand. All you beautiful mothers that are in all these life stages, for your mothers, the mothers that are later on in their years, they're, they're, they're the well-seasoned mothers. Their children are all adults. Most of them have their families. To those beautiful mothers that are um, thinking about what's next, that they don't have, they have less years in front of them than they do behind them. I just feel for all, all the mothers, and I celebrate every single one of you, every single stage you're in, every place that your heart is, is experiencing. There's a journey, there's a, it's traveling. You travel through motherhood. You start from not knowing nothing. You start from a place of excitement most times. You have places of great fear a lot of times. <laughs> you have places of the unknown, the doubt. Am I doing it right? You have places of comparison. Oh, goodness. <sighs> comparison. Mine doesn't look like hers. You have places where you feel like she's excited about breastfeeding. I don't want this little person for lack of a better word, touching me in that way. <laughs> that doesn't feel natural to me. And now I feel shame to myself, or I don't want anybody to know. Or people ask me the first thing, do you breastfeed? And I want to say, heck no, I don't breastfeed. I don't want to. I don't like it. I'm not interested. <laughs> so many stages. And they're all okay, and they're all beautiful. You know why? Because the comparison game falls on its face because... You were created to be the mother that you are. And you're not going to be the mother like your girlfriend or even your mother. There's things we pick up from our mother, but ultimately, we have to become who we're going to be. And there's no one other like you. There's no other woman that can do your job. So let's do away with the comparison piece. That, that part doesn't... Um, it doesn't serve us. It hinders us. It holds us back. It gives us more days of grief and stress. But to celebrate who we are individually, to celebrate that we were honored with this gift, scripturally it says that children are a gift from God. And we're here to steward them. We're not here to possess or control them, but to steward them, to guide them, to teach them. And if they're our gift, we have to take care of our gifts. When someone gives you something that's valuable, you don't just throw it anywhere. You don't treat it any kind of way. You, don't, you make sure that it's, it's well cared for. You make sure that it's in a place where it's not going to get damaged. All of those things are part of being a mother. Protection. And sometimes our protection can look like we need to protect them from people, from places, from mindsets and doctrines. We have to protect them spiritually, physically. We have to protect them emotionally. And we have to be in tune, not only with ourselves to do that, but we also have to be very much in tune with them. And I know sometimes we're mothering from a place of pain or fear or lack. A lot of us, I think, oh, I don't even know if there's a, a, st a statistic that refers to that place where we mother from. But I can say that it's all about growing. Just, at our, at just as our children grow, so do we. We have to allow ourselves to grow. We can't do the same things in every season. I had to learn that the hard way. You know, I have a daughter and a son. 
And in one season, when my daughter was transitioning from one season to another, I was so focused on that, and I was not paying attention that my son had made a transition from one season to another. And I missed it. And he needed me to mother him differently forward in that one particular transition. But when I became aware, I just made the adjustment. I asked for forgiveness, and and I asked him if we could trust each other forward and move forward, and that we could try it this way, because now I'm on board. But all of those things, they require us to be intentional. They require us to be in tune. And it's okay if we miss it. We just need to go back and, and say, okay. But we can't be absent or lack the, um, the focus. And there's so many things nowadays that can pull our focus, that can distract us from the season that we're in, from the transitions from, you know, different seasons. There's, those are all transitions from the time you're pregnant to the, even out of the first trimester into the second, into the third, in, to, to birth, to um, those first four to six months, you know, when baby's sleeping all the time, then they go into crying mode. This is great. All of these things, they're all our season. They're season changes, and we got to be ready for them. And they're going to keep changing You cannot prevent, as a mother, the change of a season. You can try, but it's not going to serve you well. It can be harmful to you and your child if you try to hold back the season. If you try to keep them too long (laughs) in one season, and they're trying to move and progress into the next one, and it's like, wait, can you just let go of this season, embrace embrace the new one. There's a lot of letting go that we get to do as mothers. (laughs) But there's equally, if not more, of embracing that we get to do. We have to be able to let go of all kinds of things. Just as you wouldn't want your child in diapers forever, if that's not a medical condition that they need, you would want them to advance to, you know, going potty training and knowing how to use the bathroom by themselves. You wouldn't want them to drink just liquid foods all their life. You would want them to progress to using the teeth that we have to chomp on something and, and, and feel that fulfilling reward of yummy, yummy food. But I think we forget when they get older that we also got to take our training wheels off then too in their latter seasons, post-graduation of high school, when they get married, when they get engaged, when they become mothers. And we get to watch, the beauty of it is that we get to watch our teachings in real time. We get to see how, just how we did, that's what I call getting our first report cards. We get our report cards in these season changes. And see, how, do, how did I do? And you know what? If you get not so high marks in an area because you were working and you were a single mom and you couldn't be there as much, it's okay. You can't go back and change it, but you can love them forward. And you can always say, you know what, honey? I realize I wasn't there at that time and I'm sorry. But I'm so thankful that we're still together and we can do things differently now that you're older. I think that it's really important as mothers that we apologize for things that we didn't know because it's teaching them and we're always teaching them. That's the T. As a mother, we teach and we don't always teach from our mouth. We teach mostly by our actions. We teach by our heart to ask for forgiveness, to say, I'm sorry. I don't know where it's written that a parent can't say sorry or that makes them weak or less effective or less of a parent if they say sorry to their kid. I don't know where that's written. But we're always teaching. And I just, the intentionality of mother is so beautiful 
And it is not to be something where you say, I'm just a single mom. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, I'm a mom. I'm a mother. And you say it with a smile on your face because you know what? You are raising someone's next employee. You're raising someone's possible employer. You are raising someone's mate, partner, spouse, however you want to say it. You're raising someone's teammate, someone's friend. You're raising somebody else's mentor. That's a huge, huge, huge responsibility. And I celebrate you if no one else has today. May you feel honored and remember that without mother, we don't have nothing. If we stopped today and there were no more mothers, mothers were cut, no more mothering, no more mothers being made, we just, that would be the end. So you're doing a whole lot. And by your, your mindset sets the tone of how you move forward in that space. So you're not just a mother. You are mother. And for those of you, you know, it's so rewarding when you become a mother, the first child that makes you a mother. Wow. And if you didn't know what you were doing and you feel like you're responsible for some things that didn't go right in that child's life, again, please give yourself grace. Can we all remember that there's no manual that comes with being mother? Now, when you look at the Bible and you think of God, God being a father, he says he's a father, heavenly father our Abba, Father, our Daddy. There are lots and lots of principles that we can see are in alignment. They share between God being God and Mother being Mother. The providing, the protecting, the nurturing, the leading, the correcting. Please don't not correct mothers. they're only a child for a very short period of time they're going to be an adult a much longer time than they're a child correction is good correction shows that you love them and like we tell our children love doesn't always it's not always rainbows and unicorns sometimes love feels like no you can't go out with that friend or no you're not going to do that today sometimes love is i'm disappointed in you Next time, try to do it this way. Sometimes that's what love's look, love looks like. Get them used to that early on so they can have coping skills to deal with the rest of us when they become adults. But from God, that's what it looks like. Love is, is complete. It's whole. It's full. It's never-ending. And for single mothers... I feel you. (laughs) I've been there. And it is difficult. And it is lonely. And it is a challenge. It hurts sometimes. It's sad sometimes. It's infuriating at times. But it is not any less rewarding because it is also faith building. It is also a quick way to learn what you're made of. And it's just so strange because the moment you feel like you're at your wits end, that you have nothing left, that you can't make it, that you're not going to get beyond this moment or this situation out of somewhere, I don't know, you just, it, you get more. You get more. Single mothers, you have a task before you. And for whatever reason you're a single mother, whether it's by choice, circumstance, 
if it's environmental, spiritual, whatever the reason that you became a single mother and that you are one now. Just stay focused because you're still that much, much more valuable and you still are worthy and you're still called. Our situations and circumstances do not invalidate the validity of who we are ever. You're still a mother. You still have an eternal responsibility that will never change. And I know you have more days when you have to really find the strength to love on yourself so you can make it through, so that you can be better and available. And that's hard work, especially when you're dealing with all the things that come along with doing it alone or by yourself. But don't forget who you are. You are still a steward of a beautiful gift. And if this is how it's supposed to be, this is what the design is right now, what the setup is, it may not be this way forever. You can find love and you can be supported. Do away with shame. Try and keep fear at bay. But even if you have to do it afraid, be intentional and know that while you may feel some days, I can't be mother and father. You can't. You are not equipped to be a father, a man, a male. You are equipped to be a mother. So just be that. Whatever you're doing to make it, because I know you're doing it. You're trying to make it. You're trying to figure it out. Your brain feels like it never sleeps. You feel like you don't get enough rest. If you have small ones now, single mothers of older adult children, you may be in a different season. You may be feeling differently. But I remember when, I, when the kids were small. It was very important that I took time for myself. Single moms, it is not a place for you to feel guilty because you need a minute. As a matter of fact, it is a place of honor and that's you being responsible when you take that time and you recalibrate, when you take a moment to find someone that you trust to leave your babies with or your baby with and you get a minute to yourself to recharge to sleep, to re-energize. Because like I used to say, and it was a hard decision for me to um, separate from my child's father, from my children's fathers. It was difficult because that was not what I wanted. And having a beautiful father the way I did in our relationship, I felt a lot of guilt, a lot, for finding myself in this situation. But I just remember thinking, you're a grown man. This is a baby. I'm responsible for this little life. I can't raise you both. You've already been raised. And I, I didn't raise you because I'm not your mother. But my responsibility is to these children and I have to raise them. So one of us, one of you all got to go and I'm not going to let go of my kids. It's my intentionality that while it hurt and it was painful, I had to walk in it. And doing so proved and yielded great fruit in my children. So whatever you have to do, however you're doing it, just know that there is honor for you and no person, no doctor, no organization, no church, no one needs to condemn you for what you find yourself, the situation you find yourself in. Do not pick up on any shame that you may feel from anyone either. When you feel 
shame about your situation. It transfers over to your children and they will ultimately feel what you are going through. Don't pick up on that shame that you may perceive someone's trying to shame you about. And sometimes people are blatant about it, but don't pick it up. Just let it fall and hit the floor because your children feel that. And we don't want them that to transfer into them feeling you're ashamed of them or that you are so focused on what others think of you that you can't focus on them because there is no shame or condemnation, like I say, from anyone that's going to be helpful in what you have to do moving forward. So don't condemn yourself and don't shame yourself. Continue to do the best that you can do. Continue to to grow and learn and lead because your situation is temporary. And the most important part of it is that those babies, those little sets of eyes that look up at you and call you mother, mom, mommy, ma, mama, they have no concern. All they know is they want you. They want your presence. I never even realized how much impact I made on my children until they were older. Like the little things that I used to do with them, like making cookies and making Easter egg, (laughs) Rice Krispies treats in the shape of eggs. I, I forgot a lot of this as they grew because I was just doing what I could in the moment. And the funny thing is they remembered and they'll bring it up to me from time to time. Remember when you used to, where's those cookies used to make that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Really? You remember that? Oh yeah. They loved it so much. They have no idea what I was feeling. They had no idea that while I was putting on a smile and a a great face in front of them, that I was running up to my bedroom or I maybe have just come down from my bathroom floor where I was crying out of shame and guilt and just pain from my situations not working out and, you know, dealing with my own things of what I felt about why they didn't work out and how I was treated in those relationships. They had no idea that I had just got off the floor from that. And I didn't know that they wouldn't know that. I just tried my best to put on a happy face for them because I was all they had. I was the only face that they were going to see. So why should I give them an angry face or, or uh, uh, um, you know, anything less than, than what would help them thrive and grow? And I didn't do it perfect. I still don't do it perfect. I am far from perfect. I've made so many mistakes in those years as a single mom. But you know what? The fact that we can talk about it as they're older, my children are adults now. We can talk about it as they grew. I think that provides more healing than anything. Not suppressing and not asking your child to hold down or expecting them to, to uh, press down the things that hurt them. You got to be able to talk about it. And you're the adult. So you're going to have to take it on the chin when they tell you, yeah, when you said that to me, it made me feel this way. And you're like, oh my goodness, that is not what my intention was. Just say that. Don't argue. This is your child's experience of you. It's really important that we leave space for them to have that experience and we honor their experience. And then we can say, baby, I didn't, that was not my intention. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. And that builds so much more trust in your relationship and it gives a stronger relationship between you and your child. So, mother, mother, mom, mommy, mama, mommy. Such beautiful, loving loving words that carry so much 
my only, true home, eternally responsible. And then, one day, God willing, you get to put another word together with it. What do they call those compound words? And they put a grand in front of the mother. Grand in front of the mother. A grand mother. Mother was already great. But then we put grand in front of it. You know, grand. Grand meaning magnificent and imposing in appearance, size, or style. Denoting the largest or most important item of its kind. That's what grand means. Grand means the largest or most important item of its kind. So we took mother that was great in its most honoring position, when a mother's being honoring to that designation and call. And then we put grand in front of it. What? Grandmothers. They're a lot different than they were when I was younger. My grandmother had so much wisdom. She, she, she relished in being a grandmother. I could come to her. I could talk to her. She took me places and looked out for me, cared for me. She cared for me the first, I don't know, like before those first two years of my life when I was traveling around the world with my parents. She, she was my caregiver. We had a very close relationship, both of my grandmothers, but I was able to see um, my mother's side, my grandmother, a lot more often. And my father's mother developed Alzheimer's pretty early in my life. So um, I would go sit with her and we'd watch Little House on the Prairie and things like that. And I would love to be with her. But after a while, you know, I was young and her experience of this life was different than her mind could, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't able to um, capture and hold on to a lot of things. So um, she passed when I was 17. And actually I was 18. And my other grandmother just passed about 10 years ago. But grandmother, both of them, Back in those days, grandmothers, they cooked. Their food was, don't, don't tell mom, but their food was sometimes better than mom's. <laughs> and they would cook and they would nurture. And my grandmother that introduced me to Jesus, she was a heavily praying woman. And I watched her out in the world and I watched her connect and relate to people and how you know, people in the stores just loved her so much and they respected her. They respected her senior. They respected her seat time in life. You put grand in front of mother. And I don't care what you want to call yourself. There's all these cute, I love all the cute creative nicknames. But there is something, just like there's something about the name of Jesus, there is something about the name grandmother. And the honor of that designation the responsibility and the call that goes along with it. And I know times have changed, cultures changed our grandmothers. There seems to be a lot younger grandmothers, and we all probably, because we were little and they were much older than us, we think of grandmothers as old. But by the time your kids, your grandkids are old enough to see you, they're going to think you're old too. I'm sorry when you're in your 40s and 50s and 60s, but that's how they're going to see you. You're going to be older because you're older than mommy. <laughs> doesn't mean you're old. Let's get over that. But the intentionality of grandmother is still so necessary. It is so necessary. You have not made it to that designation and call and name by choice or chance. That is a God assignment. And you have something to offer those little babies, your grandbabies. Never forget that. We can't get so caught up in trying to be friends 
and trying to be likable. Bring that wisdom. The things that you know and you've been through, don't keep it for yourself. Impart to your grandchildren. You have authority in their lives. And if you walk knowing the truth, the T here is that you are one of the most important of a kind of mother in their life. They have their mother. She is supreme. And you are also one of the most important. And you are to teach still. The mother never falls off of the grandmother. Let's remember that. The teaching, the nurturing, the loving, the counseling, the compassion, the grace, the care. That never goes away. We just added grand to it. So you have an even greater responsibility. To spoil, to, um, you know, give them cookies when they're not supposed to have it, to take them shopping. No, I'm just kidding. But that's what it is. And then you give them back. Isn't it beautiful? (laughs) So all you grandmothers, just remember to do it intentionally, even if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s. Don't wait till you're 90, where you may have forgotten most of the things you've learned in life anyway. Start giving that wisdom age appropriately as it comes, as those ages come, as those stages come. Share your life stories with them. You're sharing legacy. You're sharing their heritage. You're sharing the things that they can't always get from mom and dad. You know things, and you remember things, and you've seen things that they didn't see. Don't allow technology and the movement of culture, which is very fast-paced, to make you feel like you are irrelevant because you're not. You are so relevant. You have something to say, something to impart, something to contribute beyond the spoiling, beyond the, oh, I'm just letting, I'm watching my kids and letting them do and I'm, I'm not interfering. Sometimes, grandmothers, you need to interfere. Okay? That is your job, your right, and responsibility. And I celebrate you. Love forward. Love on your children who have made you a grandparent. Support them. And just because they've become a mother or a father doesn't mean that your mother has been terminated. You are now the grandmother. They can come to you for wisdom. Be plentiful with it. And when you don't know, say, I don't know. And be ready to learn because your grandbabies are going to teach you so much about what's happening now (laughs) in culture and in society. It's so beautiful. The whole cycle of mother to grandmother. And we're not even going to talk about great-grandmother. Oh, God bless you all that get to meet your great-grandchildren. What a beautiful blessing. So, as we conclude our tea time today, I hope that you have found and heard something here that reminds you and applauds you and celebrates you and honors you for the mother that you are, the mother you've been, the mother you're becoming. We never stop becoming as mothers. Please know that. If you get to a place where you feel like you're stunted or you're stagnated and you're, oh, I'm, I know everything. You don't. Okay, I love you, but you don't. You don't know everything. You're constantly learning. And your children will teach you. Your grandchildren will teach you. Society's going to have new moves that you need to check out maybe. But you are so valuable, Mother. You have such a beautiful blessing, and your ministry is Mother first. Your ministry is Mother. So, Mother, I honor and salute you. I celebrate you. It is rough out here, it comes with a lot of joy. Lots of smiles, laughter, and 
Lots of tears. Tears of joy, even. But there's tears of pain, depending on what season you're in. What you're dealing with at the time. But I pray it's in balance for you. I pray that you have a support team, a system of women, other women around you, because your husband or your male partner or, you know, cannot always, well, he's not wired like us. And we need other women that we trust, that are safe, that will honor us. We need those other women around us to help us, to remind us, And to usher us forward, give us wisdom, tell us what they're doing, not for us to compare, but we got to come, we got to take our notes and be like, Ooh, I'm gonna take that. We got to share, not compare, just share. And don't let anyone ever make you feel less than because you're a single mom or you're a struggling mom or none of that. You need to ask for help. And if you're around people that make you feel that way, consider other options for support. I don't care who it is. Remember, if you're not in a solid and healthy place, it's hard to parent from that, from that space. But I love mothers. I love my mother. My mother and I were doing an interview uh, a few years back, and the interviewer asked me, is your mother your best friend? And I said, no. She's my mother. And the reason I feel that way is because I've got many friends. I've had all kinds of friends throughout my life. Some are still with me, some aren't. But the relationship was still friends. We were friends. Friends come and go. Friends are very important. Their designation and their call and their honor is very important. But I will only ever have one mother. One. And while we are friendly, and we can do things that girlfriends do, I need my mother. I need my mother to be a mother to me. I respect her as such. I respect and honor her as such. She is my only true home, eternally responsible. My first place I ever lived in this planet on this earth was inside her, within her, inside her womb. And because she took such responsibility of being my mother, I got to be born to her and get to know her outside of the womb. She was my first true home. And mothers should feel like home when you go away or you move away or you're on a trip or you're gone for a long time and you want that feeling of home. If your mother comes and visit you, it feels like home. If you go visit your mother wherever she's at, it feels like home. Some of the best sleep I ever get is when I sleep in the bed with my mother. I don't do it often, but if we're traveling and we sleep in the bed together, it's some of the best, deepest sleep I get. It's true when I sleep with my daughter when I go visit her in her home. So I don't want my mom to be lowered in designation to friend. I want her to have friendly attributes, but I need her to be my mother. I love all you mothers that are out there that are going to become mothers. And those of you that have chosen not to be mothers, I love you too. And those of you that can't be mothers, I love you. Medically, you just can't do it for some reason. But you know God has another designation for you. You're a beautiful aunt. You're a godmother to someone. You're a support sister for someone. And you still have beautiful value as a woman. I hope you've enjoyed this tea today, this time. And the jasmine green tea. 
Not bad. Get yourself some. Thank you for listening. And as always, share this episode. Go back and listen to some of our other episodes. We cover a lot of ground here with our guests, and I really appreciate them always sharing and bringing forth their experiences to encourage and and inspire and empower our listeners. Um, Check out our website, love-manifested.com. Check out our clothing site. And as always, as long as you have breath in your body, whether you're a mother or not, you are in God's plan. He has purpose for your life and you have value and you're important. And you mean the world to someone and you're special to someone that you may have not even met yet. You may not have even met them. So don't forget that. And don't let any job or any relationship or any organization or anyone make you feel less than. You got this. Love you.